Hello, friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today that I hope will bless your life and encourage your walk with the Lord. From prison in Rome, Paul wrote these inspiring words to the church of Philippi, a church he had founded in the province of Macedonia. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward, To what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul gave up everything for the sake of Jesus Christ, but he wasn't complaining. He was actually saying that compared to knowing Jesus, all the material comforts, his position in society, all he had before his conversion to Christ was worthless. The actual word that Paul uses that most modern Bibles translate as rubbish is, shall we say, a bit more colorful in the original Greek. It's really a word I would never use in the pulpit. One translation I saw got close when they rendered it sewer trash. Paul was a very plain-spoken guy. I like that. But keep in mind that this outburst of passion for Jesus comes from a Roman prison, written very late in Paul's life. He was not a new convert when he said these words. Nowadays, the goal of the average person you'll meet is to have a comfortable retirement. They save during their working years. They try to have a house that's paid for, and they look forward to doing fun things in their sunset years. I want you to notice the contrast with Paul's goals. He wasn't looking to settle down and take it easy. He had not saved up a lot of money so he could enjoy a nice, comfortable retirement. And unlike many people in their older years, he wasn't looking back. He was looking ahead. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Here is this man who had done so much, worked so hard, suffered so much, expressing his desire to keep running the race, stretching forward with all his might to reach the finish line. For him, retirement would come in the next world. Have you ever gotten a letter from someone in prison? I haven't gotten that many, but I think it'd be unusual for a prisoner to write a letter to someone that they knew knew cared about them, but without at least 
talking a little about the conditions in the prison. What is the food like? How do the guards treat you? What do you do every day? But Paul doesn't talk about this. It wasn't about Paul. For him, his life was about one thing, or I should say one person. He put it like this in the first chapter of this letter to Philippi. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. I find it very difficult even to try to explain that verse, to enlarge on it. For me, to live is Christ. For most of us, to live is to have a good family, a good job, to have a nice house, to provide nice things for the one we love, good clothes for our children, and a good education. To live is to have good friends and enjoy the weekend. Not for Paul. For him, life was about one thing and one thing only. Jesus Christ. Everything he did, everything he said, everything he taught was part of his straining ahead to reach the goal, to fulfill that high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Did you catch that little phrase in the passage I read at the beginning? This one thing I do. Now, Paul didn't just love being in prison. He would have gotten out if he could. But it wasn't because of the hardships of prison. It was because he wanted to visit the churches he had planted. He wanted to see them face to face, to embrace them, to hear their voices, and to share words of faith and encouragement with them. He loved the church because he loved the one who died for the church. So because he was stuck there, he had to write letters. And aren't we lucky that he wrote those letters? God could have gotten him out of jail any time, but God allowed him to stay there in part so he could write down these spiritual truths that have helped and instructed Christians now for almost 2,000 years. Perhaps you are in some sort of prison of circumstances, maybe. Let God use you there. He knows what he's doing. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. There is one little hint in the New Testament about Paul's conditions in prison. Let me read to you what, to me, is one of the most poignant verses in the Bible. It is from 2 Timothy, the last letter that Paul wrote before he was put to death under Nero. Timothy was Paul's protege, whom he had met on his second missionary journey. He was faithful to the end when some others deserted Paul. Paul told the Philippians, I have no one like Timothy who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. So in this last epistle from Rome, Paul says toward the end, When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books and above all the parchments. Here is this towering figure of human history who almost single-handedly evangelized the Mediterranean world, a man who has literally touched millions of lives over the centuries. And he's asking his friend to bring him a coat in prison. 
Obviously, in Rome, they didn't provide prisoners these, these kinds of normal things that human beings need like they do in our prisons today. This is the only time I can think of where Paul even hinted at the conditions of his incarceration. He never complained, but in this brief final word, at the end of his last letter, he asks Timothy to please bring him a coat. Why would this man sacrifice everything like this? Why would he willingly choose to suffer so much hardship when he could have avoided it? Because on the road one day, as he was traveling, a bright light suddenly shone out from heaven, and Jesus stopped this brilliant up-and-coming Pharisee in his tracks. After he heard the voice of Jesus and saw his glory, everything changed, and the rest is history. I will never be a Paul, but by God's grace, I want my life to be all about Jesus. I want to be able to say, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Lord Jesus, I pray that for all who are listening to my voice, that whatever stage in life we find ourselves, whether it's in middle of life or after retirement, old age, young, whatever, that we will make our lives to be all about Jesus and nothing else. In his precious name, I pray. Amen. Dear friend, thank you for praying for us. Please pray for me and my family and for the ministry we're involved in, planting a church in the Schenectady, New York area. It's called Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. And we would love to have you. If you uh, not uh, don't have a church home, we would love for you to visit us. That, that address is the American Legion Hall in Schenectady. And you are very welcome to come and be with us. As always, you may reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God richly bless your life, I pray.